Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter uh, podcast. I'm your host, Communication Director Tony Heil, here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. And if you've listened to our past podcasts, and I hope you have, uh, hopefully you've also subscribed to us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio, um, or just visit our website often, or do whatever you can to listen to my voice and talk and hear about ALS. Um, before we get into our conversation today, as we're heading towards our 60th episode of this podcast, uh, I want to invite you to go to our website, www.alsphiladelphia.org, and find out about ways to get involved, including the Walk to Defeat ALS, which we have seven of them coming up in 2016, and we'll probably have seven again next year. It seems to be something we do. Uh, we also have a number of other events coming up, ALS Express coming up in the in the late spring, uh, where we ride into Wildwood, New Jersey. We have the Phillies Festival coming up on Thursday, June 9th, and there's lots of ways you can get involved with that, especially the ad book. And we have advocacy coming up and, and a lot of things happening uh, that you can cover all the bases and be involved in many ways to help us fight ALS. Of course, the reason we do all this is because of our ALS families, those who are currently living with the disease or have just been impacted with it uh, by a loved one or friend or family member who suffered with it years ago or suffering with it today. And those stories motivate us every day. One of those stories is of the father of Chris Martin, who you may have heard from a previous podcast and is very involved. And now we're going to talk to the wife of Wayne Martin, uh, Christina Martin, Chris Martin here, who is on our board. And we're going to talk a little bit about what she does here at the chapter and the involvement of the board. And I must say, as we get involved, begin here, I was at a nonprofit conference a bit ago and listened to other people. We have a pretty active board here that is really tuned in and you don't see that at every organization. So I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. So Chris, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Tony. It's uh, great to be here and thanks for asking me to participate. Of course, we've been wait- waiting for it. Like I said before we started, you um, you have a lot that you can say. You've been around for how long? Like I said, it's going on 10 years now associated with the board. So you can get a, do you get a pin? I don't think so. Because we get a pin if we're here for 10 years. <laughs> well, we do that. You know, Let's fund that. Yeah, it's not much funding. We can right, just have yeah. someone. I'm sure that Ellen could just buy some pins. I'm sure she could, yeah. So uh, put that in the, in the minutes for later. But uh, So your husband, Wayne, was diagnosed in 2005? 2004. 2004. I knew it was around then. Two, 2004. I, it's, yes, in 2004. And uh, we had probably the same journey that many people have mm-hmm. taken. Uh um, you know, started with twitches in the legs and then falling down and my saying, oh, Wayne, stop being so clumsy and mm-hmm. visit to a neurologist. And actually, it was a friend of ours, a doctor, a GI doctor, who took one look at Wayne at his daughter's wedding reception and said, I'm going to get you to the clinic. And so we went to the clinic and um, we're di- he was diagnosed with it. Pretty quickly? At, at that day. Yeah. That day, um, you know, there's a breathing test which is given among mm-hmm. other things, and uh, and he was diagnosed that day. So it wasn't like series of tests like other people, but he was also further along than some other people would be. At that he, point. Um, I, I don't know because I think there are different progressions depending upon on different people. Um, I will say that he passed away 11 months right. from the time of diagnosis, which is um, shorter than the average range. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were stunned that day. You know, I don't think we, we didn't know what to say to each other or anything else, but that was the beginning of uh, <coughs> our working, our getting support from the clinic. And from which the chapter. Was, 
uh, which I was going to say, which is is really staffed in many cases by the uh, by chapter staff, and uh, it, it was incredible what they did. And you didn't know much about ALS before then, right? You didn't have it in your family, uh, either family, right? No, I didn't know anything about it, and I mean, I had heard of Lou Gehrig's disease, mm-hmm. and might have associated. The ALS is the formal term, but that's all I knew. I didn't. I hadn't met anybody. I didn't hear of anyone who had ALS. So this was our maiden voyage, if you will. And that's normal. I mean, I know my my grandfather was diagnosed like a couple months after that, and we didn't know about ALS in our family either. So it's pretty normal to not know about it because most cases aren't familial. Right. Exactly. But you learn pretty quickly. Yes, you do. You learn very, very quickly in the way... We learned very quickly again was from the chapter staff who um, was supporting the clinic. They mm-hmm. were steps ahead of us every single time. I honestly don't know what we would have done without them because without them because um, you know you don't know what resources there are and and they did things like um, uh, they got us a uh, a manual wheelchair mm-hmm. and then they helped us get a power wheelchair. Uh, and um, the chapter also, there was a family who lost their father uh, from ALS, and they had a wheelchair van, mm-hmm. and um, they donated that to us, uh, which when Wayne passed away, we in turn donated to another family. Turns out it was the mother of one of Christopher's um, workmates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it was it was a very difficult journey, but we felt like we had a lot of support and um, and a lot of information, and and they made it as best they could. And, and speaking of your son Chris's workmates, he Brinker Capital, where he works, is very involved in the walk to feed ALS, and they've had a number of people who've had an ALS connection. They have. And I'm sure that now, since then, and even at the time, you went from not knowing anyone with ALS to suddenly you're connected to a lot of people with the disease in some way, shape, or form. I am, and it suddenly it, feels a lot more common. Yes, yes, it, it certainly does, and you know, certainly gotten to know some patients here. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is, um, just as an example, so when we got the wheelchair van, our one of our closest friends took a car up to Jersey to pick up the van, and as we were driving back, uh, a tire on the on the van blew out, and Wayne's nature for something like that would be to yell and rage and mm-hmm. <laughs> be really upset and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, as our friends have said and what we saw, um, after his diagnosis, he was grace under fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was our mantra in the family was, oh, well, mm-hmm. um, because things were happening and you just say, oh, well, okay, what's next? So he, and I've seen this with other patients, there's a, um, I don't want to, I don't know if it's calm, um, but, you know, kind of an acceptance. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they don't get angry at yeah. times, as they should, but it's an acceptance and it's, all right, here's what it is, um, now let's deal with it. And so um, we, the patients are really amazing. There's a lot of patients that have patients. There are a lot of patients that have patients. Yeah, I've. I've noticed that too because I don't know how I would feel, and I you go home from events because we've talked about this. You're in the office a lot, right? Which again is representative of what the board does, being so active in a positive way. 
Um, and I go home and think about if, if I had ALS or my wife or even a friend, like a neighbor, thinking right. about how much that would be, how calm would I be? And yet when I see problems in my own life, like my son up at four in the, in the morning <laughs> and having to rock him, or, I'm like, well, you know, if they're able to handle this, I'm sure I can get through this thing. Well, and I feel the same way, and we all get upset about things, big and little, et cetera. But I, I try and take the same perspective. And I'm talking to this, a friend I had lunch with today and having um, three different outages where I had no heat. I, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, because it can be worse, mm-hmm. and it can be a lot worse. And that's the, that's the position I try to take. Now, you seem like a nice person now, and I'm sure you were then. But do you think that that 11 months and even that one day – when you first learned about it, those, those key moments, did that kind of shape your new perspective on life and, and, and others? Because it seems like it made a big, a profound impact beyond just losing a loved one. It, it did, Tony. But I, I think I'm, by nature, an optimistic type. Mm-hmm. Um, try to think positively, uh, you know, all those different traits. But certainly when this happens to you, then you kind of have to strengthen and build on yeah. this. And, and that's what you have to do because um, you want to do the best you can for your husband and your family and, and other people involved with it. Well, one of the ways you decide to do the best you can, for, especially for other people, is you decided to get involved with the chapter. Uh, so when did you decide to, to get involved? I think the, the walk was the first thing your family did, right? Uh, well, I, I got involved. So Ellen, um, Ellen Phillips, our president, uh, we can talk about in any story we do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we can talk about any story we do. Uh, I met her at the clinic, uh, and um, she stayed in touch with me. We would periodically have lunch. Um, she she handled it perfectly in that she was interested in my thinking about going on the board, mm-hmm. um, but I was working full time, and you know she didn't want to push me. She said, "Well, when the time is right, let me know because we'd like to have you join the board." Had you already been doing anything with the chapter at that point? I I, I might have gone to one or two events, but uh-huh. I wasn't really active. Mm-hmm. There was a fashion show at the King of Prussia Mall, so I maybe a hot chocolate here. Mm-hmm. I've done I'd done some things. Um, you know, the walk when it was in Valley Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I was not very active at all. But mm-hmm. it was really important to me to give back mm-hmm. based on the great experiences that we had. And so when I was ready and felt like I could take that on, I joined the Board of Overseers mm-hmm. at that point, at that time. And then um, the progression has been we had uh, we had a... a a development committee that had two subcommittees. I was a chair of the general giving subcommittee. We then combined it into a single committee, mm-hmm. and um, I was the chair of that. I was also uh, voted onto the board of trustees, and oh, God bless them. They made me secretary of both because mm-hmm. I just love taking minutes. Uh, Someone's got to. <laughs> Someone's got to. And then I joined another, uh, a number of other committees that I was interested in, um, and hope that I could help with. And then I also upped the events. And as you said, my son Christopher is the the chair of the um, Greater Philadelphia Walk. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's his major involvement. I just have a, a little aside. So my daughter, Amanda, who's in Boston, mm-hmm. um, 
my Wayne passed away in February, and in September, at the time of the World Series, where it was the Yankees and the Red Sox, mm-hmm. she decided to have a fundraiser. Was it the Yankees and the Red Sox? It was the Red Sox and somebody. Right, because the Yankees and the Red Sox are both in the American That's League. That's right. No, yeah, so the Yankees had lost. Sorry about that. <laughs> right. So anyway, so she had she had this thing, and Ellen had gotten a um, an autographed Kurt Schilling T-shirt to, mm-hmm. be, to be auctioned off. So... So we're at this thing, and uh, I'm bidding for the, the signed shirt, and then there's um, a guy named Jamie who's also bidding for the, the shirt. And it wasn't we, our new staff member, Jamie. I, no, it no, it wasn't that Jamie, but it's another <laughs> Jamie I know very well. And finally, one of his buddies said to him, knock it off, that's her mother. Uh-huh. So I won, I won the auction, mm-hmm. and then later, Jamie and Amanda got married. Oh. And they have the Kurt Schilling shirt. <laughs> well, that's good. That yeah. worked out pretty well. So that's pretty good. So now I'm very sure that it's not our Jamie here. No, it's not. It's not your Jamie. But so that's, you would have brought that up. That, exactly. That's just an example of, you know, what my my, my daughter mm-hmm. does from being with being up in Boston. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. I I think Ellen is very good at recognizing talent and recognizing people for the board and for other things. In, in terms of their enthusiasm and understanding and connection to the disease. You know, it's not just, oh, you could probably be a board member, quote right. unquote. No one that's listening can see my air quotes, but um, they know that you are you can talk about ALS in the chapter because you're so connected to it, on, like on a personal level. And that makes a difference to being a successful board member. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you have, you have a, a, a totally different perspective. Not that board members who don't have a close relationship with, mm-hmm. with ALS uh, can also be very, very useful. But, but many of the people who are on the boards have some type of association. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I, uh, I know we're talking about the board a little bit, but, but before, we, uh, before I forget, um, the staff that we have here at the chapter are really, really exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hard workers. Um, they are big thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, they are smart, capable, and great to work with. And I want to make sure that I gave all of you a shout out for all the things that you do. And much of it, it's a labor of love. Yeah, well, you you know, we all care about what we do beyond just doing a good job. I think that we all look connected to it. I personally, I put up pictures on our Facebook page for you know, throwback Thursday, right. flashback, like flashback Friday, I look at a picture from a year ago and maybe we've lost someone. We almost always have from an event a year previous or five years previous mm-hmm. or someone's not doing as well. And, you know, it becomes very personal. It's like, well, I don't, I would just like to sleep at my desk today, but, oh, look, I know that this is an issue. And right. So, yeah. and also it's a nice atmosphere we have both on the board and the staff where people just seem to be nice here. <laughs> people are really, really nice here. Uh, um, they really are on on both both sides of the equation, as mm-hmm. we said, the boards and the staff. And I think we all enjoy working together mm-hmm. um, and have a lot of trust of e- in each other mm-hmm. uh, and value what what everyone does. And so it's really a great experience. Yeah, uh, it's not always that way, as we know. Well, coming here restores my faith in humanity from getting here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I turn on, I listen to the news on the radio or watch TV, and it's like, oh, there's so much negativity. And then I'm, I'm going to transition to another thing here. From the staff, there's no one here who I wouldn't want to work with on a project, right? Right, not a single Absolutely. person. From our executive director to the IT department, even the newest person who was hired, great, yeah. To our board, there's no one on the board who I'm like, oh, 
to see, you know. And then also, we're the principal charity of the Phillies, and it's the same culture of... Yes. They're actually... Not in this just for the publicity. They're actually nice people. They really are nice people. And they've been huge supporters. And you go to the Phillies Festival every year. I did. And when, when, when was the first time you went to that? Was It was after your husband passed away? Yes. It was probably five or six years after. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to miss it this year because I'm going to be in Europe, which I... Should we just move the festival? To yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great idea. I, I hate to miss they it. They wouldn't like it. Is, it is one of my favorite things. But, yes, I've, I've been going for a number of years. I think the first year I went, I took my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And she was she's going to be nine now. I'm going to say um, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And when she got home from the festival, she drew a picture of baseball players. And she wrote, um, she wrote a note to the Gileses mm-hmm. um, that... Ellen then, no, actually I sent it on to Nancy Giles to thank them, Mm -hmm. and it was all her idea, but Mm -hmm. to thank them for what they do for ALS. So even our grandchildren are, you know, are understanding it and uh, and participating. So I guess you tell your grandchildren about ALS then, they understand not all the details, but they they know it's a terrible disease. Well, and Julia, Julia is really the the one, because the um, the three in Boston are five and under, although Uh um, my granddaughter in Boston occasionally picks up a picture of Wayne Mm. and just just looks at it. Mm -hmm. And so they may not have uh, an understanding of ALS yet, but they certainly will Mm -hmm. when they're old enough to. It must mean a lot to you knowing that your husband is survived in that way that they they think about him and care about the, his disease so they're carrying that on exactly it's yeah. it's it's wonderful yeah, it it's really a, is i mean it's a nice thing to me to be able to take on for my dad you know and, and carry on the disease and you know in a positive way right and i think a lot of people here feel the same way that they can carry on something personal and remember people that way yes yeah absolutely it's really important so you got involved with the board, Ellen told you, and, and what does the board do? <laughs> you don't have to explain every sort of detail, because it's not always the same thing every year, but like, what are some of the main responsibilities of a, the board here? Well, um, it's to help the chapter be successful uh, and to raise money. I mean, this is very basic, which you know anyone associated with this understands, but to raise money for patient services and for research. And so um, the trustees... Uh, trustees have different um, responsibilities than overseers do. Uh, you know, the trustees are looking at charters and strategic plans and um, finance, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a number of, of those overall governing um, mm-hmm. types of things. And the overseers, and there are a lot of board members who are on both boards, um, the overseers are Certainly, they have the development committee as part of them. So again, uh, fundraising, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get more people involved? Um, what types of things can, other things can we do? What other events should we be having? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's a group of really, really smart people, as I said, who always have good ideas. So, mm-hmm. so that's the great thing. You know, it's not you're sitting around kind of scratching your head saying, well, what can we do? Right. Um, you don't want to come at a meeting at 530 at night when we could be just sitting around watching, having dinner. Right. Exactly. I would work. think a glass of wine maybe. But, uh. You can have both. <laughs> right. I, I'm pretty sure we both had wine at dinner. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so no. So so that's the whole idea is to bring, to bring these, the, these groups together um, to help 
the chapter and the National Association move forward mm -hmm. um, in the fight. Well, obviously we have financial goals every year to, to meet our budget, but what, what would be success to you, either in a year or in general? Because you're, you're talking about the board helps make us successful. Um, well, meeting the budget. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of the, you know, the, the, uh, the ex expenses and the uh, revenues, um, that's really important. And we grow that by a percent, by a certain percentage mm -hmm. every year. Um, and so when we do that, I mean, obviously with, you know, the cost of things, et cetera, we may not be able to fund as much as we would like because the money's just not there. Right. Um, so, you know, to take that forward, again, it would be to find more new donors, um, more corporations as sponsors, uh, um, you know, more activities that could bring in additional revenue. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah, we want to raise as much money as we can. While maintaining our expenses. Right. So that we, you know, have some surpluses that we can spend more more on. And of course, as we all know and have talked about so many times, is the difference that the Ice Bucket Challenge made for us in terms of us being national in the chapter, in terms of the research that we can be funding, because you put it up on Facebook and uh, do a lot of things that talk about research studies that have started, and mm -hmm. the researchers have credited the Ice Bucket Challenge for allowing them to do to do their projects. And as great as the Ice Bucket Challenge is, we can't really let up and say that happened. Right. You know, we're good, but there's, you know, you, you'd hate to fund projects for two or three years from some grants there, which now we can do, and then in three years be like, well, if you didn't get it done, now we're Right, we're and, and, you know, as you and I know, this is, again, a long journey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, I think, have identified some new things that they want to look into, but as we know, this isn't a single gene, necessarily. Right. It's interaction. And it's long years of research. I mean, it would be great, um, you know, if we could uh, take, and, and maybe this is already done and I just don't know about it, but if you took like multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's and ALS, if there could be more collaboration mm -hmm. among um, companies, like pharmaceutical companies, which tend not to look at ALS because it's not going to be a blockbuster, but if you know, associations or whatever can can get together and look at how to collaborate collaborate on new projects. Mm -hmm. um, the same from a business standpoint would be great. There's some of that being done, but I think most of our research is is uh, handled out of hospitals or universities. Yeah, I think the kind of stuff that we start with starts there, and then it goes on to the drug companies. Oftentimes, so they might go a, a study that's happening at Hershey Medical Center. That's great. That lets them know about this thing, and then now a drug company sees that study that's done. Like, well, that's some, a direction we should go. And it, it, I'm sure for you being here for ten years, me for five, it gets frustrating that research can't move more quickly. Like now, it can move more quickly than it did because we have more resources. But you wish that they could start a project on Sunday, <laughs> right. have all the participants on Tuesday, and have the answers on Friday. Well, and I worked for a pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. I was in the IT mm -hmm. part of the company, but was, you know, had a lot of exposure to, to uh, you know, to what went on in, in the development and distribution. And um, I, um, I'm not going to mention the company. I love the company and mm -hmm. I, I enjoy it, but 
but I can remember the head of research talking to a group of people and saying, you know, we, we don't fund that unless it's a blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And I later saw him in the hallway and talked to him and I said, well, I have a husband who I don't remember has or had ALS at that time. And I said, I get it. This is a business. But I said, I'm a bit offended to hear someone say that, you know, if this isn't a blockbuster, we're not going to take a look at it. We're, you know, kind of the, right. the flea on the end of the tail, the dog. Right. Um, so I think things might be happening a little bit more in pharmaceuticals. I'm not as close to it as I used to be. Mm -hmm. But I think I, I think it tends to still be different resources than the pharmaceutical. Companies. Well, we talked about you mentioned multiple sclerosis um, and Jamie Piggott, who I mentioned. That's not the same Jamie. Right. <laughs> He's on our event staff, and and his he had a family member with MS. My mom has MS, um, and you know one of the goals that we both shared is to make ALS more like MS. Right. You know we do, we don't like MS. Don't right. Not, not like oh that'd be great, but my mom's had MS for thirty years, and. You know, it's great that she's living as full of a light and still working and everything. Um, I would love to see people with ALS that could still do what my mom does yes. after 30 years. Absolutely. You know, she's not out playing tennis and she's got her, you know, things aren't as perfect as they could be. But that would be a, a goal. But I also know that she takes drugs and that same drug company is working on research on ALS. And that's good because I know it's successful for her. So... They must know what they're doing. Well, uh, oh, yes, that's good. And they're probably, again, uh, you know, amalgamating or bringing those things together, the neuromuscular. Mm -hmm. So if they can, when they're doing neuromuscular um, development, you know, then they can look at, at multiple things. I, my niece happens to have MS. No. She's in her late 30s, maybe 40. Mm -hmm. and she runs every day, and she's a black bell and... Mm -hmm. uh, um, the drugs are very expensive, but they sure yes. make a difference. I know. My mom basically works for the health insurance. Right. Exactly. And, you know, that's a tough thing for me. It's, you know, it's a motivating factor for me to do things as well. And, uh, you, know, you know, speaking of that, we have a lot of people on our staff. And you can listen to a podcast with Ann Cooney, one of our social workers, talking about it. We, we help people with their insurance needs. Oh, we don't yes. pay their insurance. But it's a, you know, from all your work, and that that is complicated as... It yep. can be, and there's no real easy way to make it simple. I mean, there there could be some ways, but that. So we help them navigate that very tough market and understand it a little bit better. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, as I said, the power wheelchair. Mm -hmm. um, it was again the staff, the chapter that helped us get through the insurance and do the things that we needed to do, so that we could get that that wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, and at, I remember. Um, Oh, I don't know. I guess it was, uh, it was like around tax time or something or, or year end. And I was looking at all the various bills that had come in, um, all the things that had been paid. I mean, I had spreadsheets all over the place trying to just figure out mm -hmm. what had been taken care of, what needed to be taken care of, what else did we have to apply for, et cetera. And I got a lot of advice from the chapter mm -hmm. on that, yeah. uh, among other things. Yeah, you know, I wrote down tax time because, you know, we're in the process of doing our taxes at home. We had a baby in December <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> Good timing, right. <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind how much my taxes are, especially since we're going to get a refund with the kids, but um, it's it's complicated. And so it's not just hard, like, oh, I have to lift 500 pounds. It's having staff like Ann Cooney and Melissa Call and, and the others who are um, our social workers here it takes a lot of stress and pressure off 
And that mental pressure is, it, is a big deal. It does. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. it, it just, again, it makes a, a huge, a huge difference. And I could, you know, just go down the line of all the various things. I will tell you that power wheelchair, um, before we had the van, this close friend that I had mentioned before, she and I would take that big wheelchair apart, dump it in the, uh, the trunk of her car and we'd head off with Wayne mm -hmm. um, to New Hope and you know all kinds of places so that he wasn't isolated yeah. from being able to do things. Again, we couldn't have, I mean, we could have done it with a portable wheelchair, but to have the power wheelchair, once we got it in and out of the trunk, was, was incredible. Yeah, it makes a big difference and you don't want someone to go through that. I know from having family members with diseases with wheelchairs, just getting that in uh, the trunk, like you said, <laughs> it's tough on a caregiver. Mm -hmm. So you go through a lot of these events and programs, and as a board member, uh, you probably spend a lot of time letting people know what the chapter provides and, and, and kind of giving them an experience as a caregiver. I try to, yes, yeah. absolutely, when I have an opportunity mm -hmm. to do that, sure. Do you give some advice to people, or, or not even advice, but... You know, you go to these things and be like, oh, I know, make sure to do this or make sure to ask this. Or It, it depends, you know, sometimes I'm, not, I'm maybe not talking to families yeah. and things. I might be talking to patients. You're not going to run up to someone and be like, <laughs> an elbow like hey, have you heard about yeah, this? Yeah. That would be kind of weird. Uh, but I have, um, in the past, a friend of mine, a friend of hers, um, started with Bulbar ALS. I had dinner with that woman and her husband. Mm -hmm. And so I was able, you know, to give them. So I absolutely do that mm -hmm. and like to be able to help like that when I have that opportunity mm -hmm. because that's the way you you know you know you get to know what's ahead of you and what you need to be doing yeah um, one of the ways and then you go out and you help solicit for sponsorship and, and mm -hmm. donations and I'm sure when you do that you can talk about Wayne and your, your husband having ALS but you can give a lot of perspective to people about what it's like being a caregiver for a person with ALS and, and that's probably an effective story to tell it, it is a very effective story to tell. Um, mm -hmm. And because of Ice Bucket Challenge and things, people are more aware of mm -hmm. ALS, um, which I think opens the doors for those conversations right. more easily, too, uh, because they are, they're more interested than they ever were before. And, you know, when you hear what's going on with CTE mm -hmm. and, you know, Steve Gleason and everything that's going on in that sports world, I mean, there's just so much more public publicity about it than there's ever been before which is very positive yeah you, you know you, you mentioned cte which is different than als but when right. people talk about um other brain injuries or or, or disorders now it also brings in the conversation of als so, exactly and you know they're all bad but it does open up a conversation that we can have you know, there, was, there was the concussion movie that came out right and again different Different us, from, from ALS. But, but be like, oh, I, I understand that from this. And suddenly you have something to talk about. Exactly. Uh, so you say you talk to people at events and you do the sponsorship. And so do you have any favorite events or experiences of past ones? Well, I think I have to say the walk since Christopher's the chair. I mean, he, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. He's still going to like you, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he needs a babysitter uh -huh. occasionally. Um for him or for his... <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yes. The answer to that question is yes, <laughs> in both cases. Um, I, I, do I have a favorite? No, because when I get to the event, I really, you know, really, really enjoy the event. Uh -huh. And um, so hot chocolate, obviously, is a great one. I hadn't 
gone to the annual luncheon. I just started that two years ago, and mm -hmm. that was the year of the 30th anniversary of working with the Phillies. Mm -hmm. And that was such a great luncheon. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why I didn't go before, but I, whatever reason, um, at one point I was still working. But um, once I went to that and I, I saw that, I thought, okay, so now I'll be going to this every mm -hmm. year. So everyone's a good one. I don't know that I can say that I have a favorite. Yeah. They're all unique. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I'm, I'm not a bike rider, so the Express is probably not going to be the top of my list. Well, I go to ALS Express, and, I'll, and I'm there at the end point. So okay. All right. Well, I help celebrate when people come oh, in, well, but I don't, I I don't, have, do to ride a, I don't have to ride I a do kilometer that. at all. Uh, but you go the walk, and, and you're part of the Wayne's World team? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you help solicit donations and stuff in the yes. way after, after that? Absolutely, yes. And we have a small but mighty family, mm -hmm. uh, but a good cadre of friends. Mm -hmm. And so from a donation, we may not be the largest team on the street. They all add up. Uh, but, but they all add up. And um, If we only relied on the three largest teams, we right. would have a lot less money at the walk. That's exactly right. And... Um, so and and so the donations. So that is that's a passion for mm -hmm. us. It really is. And you know the, the nice thing about the walks is it's a low barrier to entry, as mm -hmm. I like to say. You don't you don't have to. There's not a registration fee necessarily, and um, any it's only two miles. Right. So it feels it's a nice community feel to the walks. Absolutely, it really is. And um, I, I just thought of this, but I uh, had worked for IBM and retired from there and. Um, they do community grants, which I apply for mm -hmm. every year, and um, the criteria is you have to talk about uh, what your activities are, you have to talk about what your organization is about, you have to have um, an event where IBM people can volunteer to mm -hmm. participate in, etc. It's a $2,000 grant. It's not huge, but they don't have to do that for their retirees, and they have a boatload of retirees. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I'm able to get that. And then the pharmaceutical company that I worked at before matches um, all my donations uh, by 50%. Mm -hmm. And so, so again, these companies, if we could get more companies doing things like that but focused on ALS, that would be great. That's tough to do. Well, and also people don't realize that a lot of companies match or have grants. Right. So, you know, you can go around as a board member and be like, hey, you work at – Instead of IBM, ABC, right. hey, we did have a company called ABC. They, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, why don't you come and help us out? And why don't you go ask them if they match your yes. donations? And suddenly your $50 donation is a $100 donation. And, we're, and we, we do try and get more of that awareness. Certainly the board is, the, you know, the, the thing is how do you get out to more people to right. about, about doing that? Well, if you're listening and you want to find out about matching grants and other things, um, matching gifts from your company and grant opportunities, I encourage you to contact Donna Cleary in her office, Donna at ALSPhiladelphia.org. Uh, she's always involved in those things. You talk to Donna occasionally. Yeah, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Occasionally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing I asked you before is, um, you know, it was 10 years ago. You know, you mentioned the Ice Bucket Challenge, so we don't need to go over that too right. much. But have you seen some progress here at the chapter in terms of what we're able to do or nationally? Um that from when you first started? Um, I think it's been progressive. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, um, and this is a positive statement, it's, it's kind of the same mission year after year. Uh -huh. There's not much else that you can do. So our progression has been um, in our ability, certainly in recent years, 
of being able to, again, increase our revenues and hold mm -hmm. our expenses. Um, there are, there are, you know, other things to be done. I, I'm going to try and get more connected to the National Association. I'm, um, I'm the chair-elect of the Board of Trustees, so mm -hmm. I'll be taking that over at the end of the year. Right. It's going to be really important for me to um, make those connections and to see what I might be able to help with on the national side or what they're able to help us with. Um, I don't I don't know if there are any, you know, big ideas, uh, but um, it's, you know, here's the strategy. Now, what different ways can we get more younger people involved? Right. Um, you know, how can we grow our base mm -hmm. of our supporters? And and I think that's the biggest focus item. Which is tough to do. Which is tough to do. You know, we, you know, we, we have to get more people of all sorts of backgrounds and and get them to do, like you were saying, realize the potential they have, that their company can match grants, that they can be a part of a walk, et cetera. Well, and um, I'm sure we all have this, too. You know, I might have some friends who um, maybe have some money to give, but they have their own causes. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it can be difficult at times to get someone to add, you know, to their cause, to, to what, they're, uh, what they're already doing. Right. Because they're passionate about their cause. Yeah. If someone asked me to get involved in something, I'd be like, well, I already do ALS, and I already, so I'll do $10. But you, part of our goal we've discussed is getting people to who do a little bit to kind of feel like they can do more. Right. Because it's a value to do it more. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a challenge to the board as well, is getting people to see, to invest in the, the organization. Right. Uh, and, and part of the reason you would invest in something is to see your investment grow, and not in terms of you getting money back. but Right. You want to see the chapter grow. Um, is there any place you'd like to see the chapter or the ALS Association do in the next you know, few years? Maybe not this month, but um, things you'd like to see happen? I think we've talked about it, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of growing our base, uh -huh. you know, getting, um, you know, people from different ages and et cetera, et cetera, diversity. I, I don't have any, uh, you know, breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, breaking opportunity, but if I come up with one, I'll be sure to bring it up. I hope so. But, Don't keep it to yourself. No, but I, I um, as I said, I, I think that if I think about the board meeting, we don't have, um, we don't have members sitting around the table saying, well, you know, we should be doing this or we should be doing that, et cetera. I think everybody is on board trying to move ahead and developing programs mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Rather than finding a, a door buster. So you would like, but to go back, you would like to grow the base of our supporters in a way that's more than just a one-time ice bucket video. Right. Which are great, but so that they're coming up with the new ideas, so that the chapter can kind of grow even more organically, so that the next year, you know, our budget is X, but we know that there's a lot of people out there that can kind of make the budget bigger, so then we can... Fund more in-home care, fund more wheelchairs, exactly. exactly, and more research. And that's the challenge. The challenge is, you know, first, how to find those mm -hmm. people, and then second, how to engage them, and then, as you said, how to keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes you can only do that one by one. Right. Uh, yeah, there are other ways to do it, but yeah, it takes a while. Right. And it's, it, it, but it's worth the investment. It takes a while and it takes a village. It takes a staff and it exactly. takes a board. It takes the you know the families. So uh, one last thing, you started very quickly with the organization. 
Um, the, the chapter got in touch with your family right away as soon as your husband was diagnosed. And then you, you came on the board very quickly after that. Now, we don't want everyone to get on the board. Right. But, <laughs> but how would you recommend people start getting involved? You know, what would be, we've talked about the low barrier to entry for certain things. Right. Um, what would you say to people, hey, if you're interested in ALS, here's what I think you should try and do first. I think go to an event. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that is a first step if you can do it. Just any event, really, that you're interested in. Just, just any event. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, again, if it's someone who's not necessarily associated with ALS um, or have knowledge of it, that is the best way to understand. When you can be um, at an event where there are patients you know, who you can talk to, there are caregivers to talk to, there are families to talk to, um, that is the best way to get ingrained in understanding what is done and to hopefully um, decide that, that, you know, they want to go ahead and continue with that. Yeah, and when you go to an event, there's almost always a member of our board there from right. Hot Chocolate, which is, this is going up with the day before day of Hot Chocolate, so right. today, or, <laughs> or going to a walk or going to the Phillies Festival, there's always someone like yourself there, so go up to a board member and find out more about the chapter, because... The board's made up of smart people who also are connected to ALS, so they're an, you're there as an ambassador. Right. That's exactly right. And you want people to come talk to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, we have ambassadors, other ambassadors who aren't board members. I mean, there are so many ways that people can get involved. They can volunteer to help with events. Mm-hmm. Um, they can volunteer to put together campaigns, you know, if they have some good ideas for all the great things you do on social media. There are... There are there's no shortage of things to be done, and it's a matter for our getting their minds and hearts uh, to, to become protagonists for us. Yeah. Well, if you want to be a protagonist for us, as, as Chris said, and you want to uh, find out about many of these ways to get involved, you can go to our website, www.alsphiladelphia.org. Uh, you can go there and find any one of our seven walks. We have three this spring up in Northeast PA, uh, in NEPA, as it's called, in Lakewood, New Jersey, and Hershey, Pennsylvania, and then in Greater Philadelphia, Del- Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, Ocean City, New Jersey, and the Lehigh Valley in the fall. We have ALS Express. We have the Phillies Festival. We have Hot Chocolate, but tickets are kind of sold out by the time this comes Right. <laughs> um, and lots of events, even third-party events and volunteer opportunities. So look for those, and when you go to them, look for board members like Chris to ask them questions about how you can do more. That's great. So thanks for joining our podcast. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it. I'll see you maybe tomorrow. Uh, Possibly. (laughs) Depends on when this is up. uh, If you you have a topic for a podcast or even want to be a participant, um, email me, Tony, at ALSPhiladelphia.org. And thanks for listening, and thanks for subscribing.